Welcome to Crossroads Connection. This is a show all about having conversations surrounding life, ministry, and culture. I want to say a quick thank you to our friends at the Truth Network for airing this program. And thanks so much, Tyler. And welcome again to everybody who are joining us here on the Truth Network on Saturday at noon. Wherever you're listening from, we want to welcome you and really do hope that our time together helps bring connection to you. We hopefully it's an enjoyable time. We consistently love being able to do this for our audience every single week. And we also really truly enjoy the opportunity to bring guests and partners from the Triangle area. You know, that's one of the biggest purposes of the show is to connect you with some incredible partners right here in our own city. So again, thank you over this last year to everybody who have listened, who have subscribed, who've sent comments, who have made posts about this. And of course, thank you to all of our partners who we interview every week. And now listen, if you've missed any of the previous episodes, you can go to crossroads.org slash radio. That's crossroads.org slash radio, and you can catch up on a year's worth of episodes. Before we get into our very special guest today, I want to just pause for a moment because as we reflect over, I mean, let's be honest, over the last couple of weeks as we've been looking to see what's happened in our country, there's a lot of people who are very upset, very worried. Uh, let's face it, there's a lot of people who are, who are happy and <laughs> there's a lot of people excited. There's also a lot of people that are very, very upset and everybody in between. And of course, we saw what transpired at the Capitol. Uh, you know, whatever your belief is on protests and things of that nature, you know, you start looking at the the violence and you look at not just this last week, by the way, or two weeks ago, but you look at our country in a whole. It seems like this last year has been such a tough year. You know, whether, it's, whether it comes down to because of COVID things, because of the coronavirus or because of the racial tension in our country. And of course, everybody listening right now, you have your own stuff too. And so I guess I just wanted to pause for a moment. Uh, just, you know, my, my heart first and foremost is a pastor. I'm a pastor of an incredible church. You know, Crossroads Fellowship has uh, been here 15 years. And in many ways, it's a, it's a wonderful, diverse, multicultural, multi-generational church, which is so absolutely amazing. But I also recognize that there's a lot of churches like Crossroads where it's not all uh, people don't all think the same way, and we don't have the same backgrounds, and we don't have the same experiences. And there's a lot of truth and reality that there's a lot of people that might be hurting right now for whatever reason. So if I may, just if I can just kind of keep this pastoral hat on for a moment and just pray for us and just pray for you as a listener, be praying for our country, be praying for our own city and all the things that have been coming and going here in our own city, let alone around the country. So if you wouldn't mind, you know, just wherever you are, if you're driving in the car, if you're listening to this some other means, would you just pause for a minute and just agree with me as I just pray for you and pray for our country and pray for our nation. So let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, we truly come to you and um, the passage of scripture and Chronicles come to mind where it says, if my people who are called by my name, if we would humble ourselves, if we would seek your face, if we would turn from our wicked ways, then you'll heal our land. And so, Lord, right now, I just, as a pastor in the city, we just come before you and just humble ourselves, truly just humble ourselves. And, Lord, we do repent. We repent for our errors. We repent for our own biasness. We repent of our own sins. And I pray most of all that we just seek you. And together and corporately, we just seek the face of God for our city, for our nation. And, Lord, the things that happened a couple weeks ago and over the last week and throughout this entire year, 
wherever they were and whatever the original motives were, we just pray, God, for healing. And God, I just pray that you would heal our land and our nation. I pray you heal our city. I pray that you heal churches and pastors and congregation members. I pray that you would allow this not to be a time to divide, but a time of coming together. And so, Lord, we just humbly just give this to you, and we just collectively pray that, Lord, that you would just be God in this situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, everybody, thanks so much for praying with me. You know, as I navigate this as a pastor, and I know we have a lot of pastors who listen to this program, it's a very difficult season right now as we uh, walk this together as people in ministry, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a staff person, uh, whether you're a volunteer, and quite frankly, whether you know you just attend a local church or not, you know, it's a very difficult time to try to navigate because oftentimes you feel like you're in a really a no-win situation that either you say too much or you say too little, and it's very difficult to navigate. And so I guess I want to speak to the pastors for just a moment and just let you know, listen, you're, you're doing better than you think you are. Uh, be encouraged. Don't allow the things that are happening that we're seeing unfold in our country deter you from the biblical truth and the biblical value that we're called to. You know, it's really easy to get pulled into all of these different things, and it's really easy to get pulled into circumstances and situations and conversations that are not God-honoring. And I just want to encourage you to remain God-honoring and remain above reproach in all this. I know it's difficult, uh, but you're not alone. And like I said, you're probably doing better than you think you're doing. You know, for us here at Crossroads, we entered into 2021, and it's a new year, uh, which means that for us as a church, we go after and we pray over a theme and a word for the year. And as we sought the Lord coming out of 2020 for 2021, uh, we really felt that the Lord was leading us as a church to go through the epistles together. And that's what we're doing. So we at Crossroads are actually walking through Paul's 13 letters to the churches and to the areas, uh, starting with the book of Romans, which we're in now. And I just want to encourage you with a few things that as we've been opening up Paul's letters, especially the book of Romans, I want to encourage you and remind you of a couple things. We, we for Crossroads, have deemed this year as a theme, the word is reach. And our goal is to simply reach people. That's our whole goal. I mean, we want to go and make disciples. That's what we're all called to do. And, and here's why this is so important. I want to share this with you before we share with one of our guests, because this guest that we're sharing today is doing exactly what we're hoping people would do, and that is to reach into broken families' lives and and uh, create a safe place for kids and families as well. But before we do that, I just wanted to share just the process of thinking for all believers. You know, first of all, everyone who is listening right now, if you are a follower of Christ, you are commissioned to go. Matthew 28, right? it's a beautiful passage, therefore go into all the world. And we're all called to preach the gospel, to teach people Jesus' ways, to baptize people. And that's, that's something that all of us are called to do. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. It doesn't matter if you're just a, a volunteer or a layperson or just an attender. If you know Jesus, then you, my friend, are called to that commission. You're called to go. The beautiful thing, though, is that you are not alone and left alone to do that calling. Acts 1.8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be his witness to actually fulfill the commission and he goes through, he says, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, and that the Holy Spirit and Jesus are with us always. So I just want to encourage you, as we enter into this year, don't worry, don't be afraid, accept the calling you have as a believer, and walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. And trust me, this year, God's got great things in store. 
So with that, I want to go quickly to our sponsor, and then we're going to jump right into the conversation with an incredible guest this, today that's going to bless you, I'm sure. So here we go, a quick word from our sponsor. Your success as a leader hinges upon buy-in from your teams, clear and consistent communication from you, and strategic delegation. My name's Cheryl Scanlon. C3 Advantage helps you steward your most valuable resource well, improve retention, grow employee engagement, and generate higher team and individual ownership. The success of your organization begins with you and depends on your team. Go deeper as a leader and watch your organization go further. Visit c3advantage.net at c3advantage.net. Well, hey, we are back from the break with our very special guest, Jennifer Grody, our Safe Families Ministry Director here at Crossroads. Welcome, Jennifer. How are you? Hello. Um, I'm doing well. Thanks. Happy New Year to both of you. Oh, uh, Happy New Year. Awesome. Yes. Happy New Year. Wonderful. Well, hey, Tyler and I know you. We know a lot about you and your husband, Jeff. But for our listeners, could you just give us a quick personal bio? Who are you guys? How'd you find Crossroads? And, and what drew you to being a part of the Safe Families Ministry? Yeah, so um, I'm Jennifer. My husband is Jeff. Um, we live in North Raleigh, and um, I started attending Crossroads, gosh, probably about 15 years ago. Um, I was single and um, kind of, I actually came with friends and loved it. Um, Jeff and I actually both grew up Catholic, and um, so it was a total change, but I fell in love. I loved the experience of Crossroads, and um, and then when Jeff and I started dating, I, I brought him to Crossroads, and um, he was a little overwhelmed, you know, with all, he's like, what's all this singing? Um, but now he like sings his heart out, so um, we, um, we, we love Crossroads, and um, let's see, Jeff, we both own our own businesses. Um, I am a coach. I work with um, individuals as well as work teams. Um, I take a strengths-based approach. And Jeff is a residential land developer. Um, and uh, we we um, heard about state families. I'm trying to remember exactly how. I think it was through a, my friend Renee. Um, she had done some volunteer work with them. And we were really trying to find a way to give back um, and thinking about what, you know, what were our talents? What were our strengths? We, you know, we have a home, we have extra bedrooms. And when we've read about the different roles within safe families, we were drawn to the host family. Um, and we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more as we go on. Um, so we started volunteering with safe families. I want to say it was 2018, 2019. So just a few years ago, um, but quickly kind of got very involved and uh, and now here we are, you know, we're the crossroads ministry liaisons and um, and here to tell people about this organization. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this is, would be a great time to jump into that then because some of our listeners may not be familiar with what Safe Families is. What is the mission and vision of this ministry? Yeah. So Safe Families originated uh, in Chicago, and um, it is a grassroots organization, um, kind of founded through churches, and it is really the church's response to kind of foster care, right? So instead of waiting on the state, waiting for situations to get so bad that children need to be removed from their homes, um, safe families realized that there was a need um, for people to come alongside families in crisis and help them through these tough times 
Mm-hmm. Um, families that, you know, mothers, fathers that, you know, didn't, they, they love their children. They want the best for their kids, um, but they, they're struggling in one way or another, um, you know, joblessness, homelessness, you know, drug or alcohol addiction, mental health issues. And, you know, I think for maybe you both and me and many of the listeners, you know, we're used to having a network of support family, mm-hmm. friends, people that we could call on if something happened. Um, but there are um, quite a few people out there that don't have a, a safety net or a network of people. And that's where um, Safe Families steps in. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love how you're talking about it. It sounds like it's a ministry that has tried to be very proactive, like you said, about but before the situation can get worse than it maybe already is, you know, mm-hmm. Safe Families is trying to step in and be that safety net and uh, and, and be that help for the families and for the children. Um, so I wonder if you could walk our listeners through kind of the process of what it might look like and kind of some of the roles that are uh, involved with Safe Families. So maybe say um, someone has found themselves in some tough times and they realize they need some help and they reach out to Safe Families. What does that process look like? And um, yeah, how, how does Safe Families help them? Yeah, so there's a lot, a lot of different ways. Obviously, um, you know, there's a, a website. It's, and I'm wondering, will we be able to put this in the like show notes or yeah. something? Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, okay. So we'll put um, a link to the Safe Families website, the Raleigh chapter. Um, we'll put the phone number there. You know, ways that people can find out more information. Um, but usually, it's that first connection with Safe Families. So you call into the main intake, and um, someone there will kind of find out about your situation, you know, ask you some questions and then kind of go through a process of figuring out what is, you know, what, how can we help you right now? What is the best route forward? So for some, that might mean um, that their their children go to a, a safe family. So, so like that was, that's what Jeff and I do. Um, so for whatever reason, um, they're, they're in a crisis, they can't really care for their children. And so we set up temporary housing for their children. Um, but what also I love about the organization is that it's not just that the kids get taken care of, um, but the parents uh, are provided with assistance as well, right? We try to help the whole family get back on their feet. And so that mom or dad, we might help them with um, finding employment, with um, fixing up their home. Um, you know, there's a, a whole host of things that we might do. So it's not just like a one-sided thing, right? So the parent gets involved and we involve them. They, they kind of have to be a willing participant in order to participate in this ministry. Um, they you know, have to show that they, they want to get back on their feet as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I answered yeah. did I answer your question, Tyler. Yeah, no, you absolutely did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the, so the goal is that these families, this is a temporary um, way of serving these families with the goal of reuniting these families after their crisis has passed. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So Jennifer, I know that here at Crossroads, this ministry was just sort of starting to get off the ground pre-COVID and and you guys were starting to get some traction and then COVID hit and like all ministries everywhere, I'm sure you guys had to adjust to that and, and maybe even rethink some of how you serve your families. Can you walk us through how COVID has affected your ministry? Yeah. Like you said, it certainly has, um, you know, one of the interesting um, factors that played into this was that kids weren't going to school for a while. And oftentimes 
those teachers and counselors and teachers aides, people that are interacting with the kids, um, they would be kind of that first line, right? That might mm. call in or um, suggest that, you know, they're seeing these kids every day. And um, so maybe they're noticing, wow, like Johnny's come to school in the same clothes every day for the last yeah. year or so, or they haven't had food or there's just different things that would maybe alert these people that have eyes on children um, on a regular basis so that, um, you know, the actual calls into the center decreased significantly for a while. Um, Mm. And then in the fall, they picked back up. We had multiple families that we were engaging with. um, It's kind of slowed back down again in the beginning of the year, but um, we, we are still, providing housing for children. We are still providing safe families. Um, Obviously we have some um, processes and procedures that we go through in order of COVID um, or with COVID to make sure that both the family and the child are safe and healthy. Um, So we kind of walk through that with everyone, Hmm. Um, but we certainly don't want um, that to be a a factor in, in providing, you know, care for the children and the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such an important ministry that it's awesome that you guys were able to adapt and still serve these families because COVID or no COVID, it's it's so needed and it's so important. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, I'm sure you have, I mean, of course, with confidentiality in mind, um, stories or testimonies of how um, you've seen this ministry serve or minister to some of the families that are involved. Can you, is there a story that's special to you that you'd like to share with us? Yeah. You know, the one that comes to my mind is um, of a mom and her um, two daughters. Uh, They were twins. And uh, we got a call into, I I got a call from Safe Families that said there is a mom that is um, facing homelessness. Um, She was kind of in a a rough situation with uh, her partner. And um, she found her and her girls out on the street. And um, she she was willing to go to a homeless shelter or even sleep in her car, but she didn't want that for her children. And she actually went to the public library and started doing searches and found safe families. Wow. He mm. called the organization herself and um, it was probably maybe like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And at five 30 that night, we met them at the library, a public library and did kind of the trade off. So I met them, wow. Jeff and I met the mom, we met the twins and, um, and brought them home with us that night. And, wow. you know, of course you're thinking like, I can't, right. You're 12 years old and you're just meeting these strangers at the library and going home with them. I can't. Um, so. Right. But- yeah. And it's very interesting because I, I kind of knew, okay, they're 12. We, we got home and I showed them to their room and gave them, you know, got them set up. And I said, we'll have dinner a little bit, but if you guys want to just be by yourselves, you know, figure, give, give them as much space as they wanted. And then I, we made dinner and I gave them the choice. I said, we're going to eat outside, you know, on the patio and you can join us or you can eat in here at the island, you know, and they said, okay. And they ate inside of the island. You know, they really just didn't know how to interact with us. Um, But by like the third or fourth day, um, they were like hanging out with us. They were telling Mm. us their stories. And I I give a lot of credit to our little puppy, Macy. We had just gotten a puppy. And um, after dinner, I brought her upstairs and I said, Hey girls, I want to introduce you to somebody. And immediately they started laughing and giggling. And so Macy was a great icebreaker. And, um, (laughs) yeah. So anyways, the long story short, um, is that we, we had them for, um, 
for a while, like on and off over a couple months. Um, and then the mother ended up getting housing. Um, she actually was able to stay in like a temporary place, uh, but she ended up finding a, an apartment. She found a full-time job. Um, the girls are, you know, the girls were able to maintain school. We brought them to, we wow. brought them to their school. We didn't take them out, you know? Yeah. And that's what Safe Families does is they try to yeah. find um, a host family that actually lives in the area where the kids go to school. Okay. So having to go so to a new school as well. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, provide as much stability as possible. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we still stay in touch with them. We, you know, before COVID, we would meet and go out to eat and do different things, but we still stay in touch by telephone and send them cards and whatnot. So, wow. That's incredible. I got chills at the beginning of that story, yeah. Jennifer. That's incredible. I mean, that's really the epitome of being the hands and feet of Jesus and stepping into someone's mess with them and how neat to be able to see, kind of see that come full circle and get to be a part of that and, and see that they got a stable place to live and, and that the family got to be reunited. And yeah. that is so neat. It really is. Wow. You know, and it's, of course, it's scary for everybody in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't know these people. We don't know the situation. They don't know us. They're in crisis. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's really beautiful to see how, you know, over time and even we've had another family, they had three kids that stayed with us and same thing, you know, we dropped off bags for them at their house over Christmas and, um, you know, we're still in touch with them. The moms have my number, you know, and, um, again, every situation is different and there's mm. lots of guidelines for people. Um, mm. but these are, these are, you know, these are my stories and they, um, mm. they turned out well. So mm -hmm. that is awesome. So I'm that sure. Awesome. Yeah. It's so awesome. And I'm sure because you've shared, this story, which is so inspirational. There are probably listeners that are like, I want to, I could do that. You know, if they have room in their home and that just is tugging on their heartstrings as something that they think that they could do. So how can people get involved with safe families? I know you mentioned to us before um, we recorded this uh, conversation that you guys have an interest meeting coming up soon. Can you tell us how people can get involved? Absolutely. And um, I do want to let people know that Obviously, being a host family is one role. That's what J Jeff and I play. Um, but there are many ways to serve. Um, there are there's the family friend, which is that's where someone actually supports the host family, right? So maybe wow. maybe you don't take the kids in, but you're my neighbor, and you're like, hey, we'll bring dinner over Wednesday night. You know, um, that's awesome. There's a resource friend that maybe they bring clothes or different. You know, they or they have um, a skill set. There is a family coach that can actually work with the parent. So instead of working with the children, they come alongside the parent. Um, and then obviously the ministry lead, which is what Jeff and I are doing as well. So lots of ways to get involved. I don't want, you know, if you're thinking about it, you're like, oh, I don't know right now with everything going on. Um, please don't let that um, discourage you from getting involved because there are so many ways to help. So um, to answer your question, Jamie, we will be hosting an informational session over Zoom. Um, so it'll be online. You can either uh, video in or call in, and that is going to be on January 25th. So that is the last Monday of this month of January at 12 o'clock, kind of a lunchtime information meeting, um, okay. about 30 minutes. So I'll talk in the beginning, kind of give you guys an overview. During that meeting, we'll give you um, access to sign up for um, the application. 
And then um, I'll be sitting for Q&A. So any questions you have, um, I'll be there as well as giving you my information if you want to contact me kind of offline and ask me questions. Um, and then there is something called the core training. So no matter what role you um, decide on, if you want to be a part of this, um, everyone goes through a core training. And um, I spoke with the Raleigh director, uh, Cherie Jimenez, um, this morning, and she is willing to actually um, run a core training live. You know, you can do it. It'll be virtually, but um, there's like an online version or she can do it virtually. And those are always a lot more fun because they're interactive yeah. and, mm-hmm. um, and that's about a two hour training. And um, so we'll, once we know how many people are interested, we'll set that up for some time in February. Awesome. And so how can folks, do they need to RSVP for this? Is there a website that they can visit to register or to find out more about attending that virtual meeting? That is such a great question. Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, Pastor um, Anthony Thomas and I are working on getting that set up. So he's okay. going to be sending an email out to the Crossroads um, members, people that are um, registered with their emails with Crossroads. So he'll be sending that out. And then we'll also put something on the website. And hopefully by the time this airs, we'll also have something in the show notes. So we will have multiple Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So if they went to crossroads.org, is it slash safe families or is it just under the care? I think it's information. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Wonderful. That'll help our listeners find you guys. Um, Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. This was such a fun conversation and such an important and incredible ministry. Thanks for you and Jeff, the way you serve. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thanks for having us. And Um, we hope that people will, you know, kind of get stirred and be curious about the organization and, um, either attend the meeting or, you know, send us an email. We're happy to share um, more about our experience and the opportunities to, um, volunteer and serve. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Welcome. Thanks guys. Thank you for joining and listening to our program today. And thank you to Crossroads Fellowship and the Truth Network for making this show possible. You can find out more information about Crossroads Fellowship at crossroads.org. If this show has impacted you, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at crossroads.org. Thank you to C3 Advantage for sponsoring this program. We look forward to having you join us on the next show. Your success as a leader hinges upon buy-in from your teams, clear and consistent communication from you, and strategic delegation. My name's Cheryl Scanlon. C3 Advantage helps you steward your most valuable resource well, improve retention, grow employee engagement, and generate higher team and individual ownership. The success of your organization begins with you and depends on your team. Go deeper as a leader and watch your organization go further. Visit c3advantage.net at c3advantage.net.